Hello everyone and welcome to the kickabout. Ollie has walked away from the wheel and there are debut wins for two of the three new managers. I'm your host Chris. I'm Josh. I'm Fran. And I'm Dan. Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 63 of The Kickabout. Thank you for joining us once again, Josh. Pleasure. Um, those of you with an excellent attention to detail, I'm going to make this apology now, we'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll realise, and in fact two of you already have, because two of you messaged me about this, um, that last week during the, uh, the editing, the one time I didn't check it was the time that I accidentally put the same rugby blindside comment in or the audio clip in from the week before. So I do apologise for that. Uh, normal service will be resumed tonight, but uh, without wanting to give you seven minutes of rugby blindside, we'll just have to give last week's one uh, a miss. Um, a crazy weekend, really. 36 goals in the 10 games. So there's probably an argument for saying that virtually every game deserves a spot on tonight's mm. show. So we'll have to apologise for those that don't make the cut. Um, so before we get into obviously the biggest story of the weekend, which Dan, as I'm sure, is keen to talk about, uh, we will get into this. Dan the stat, man! Um, well, obviously we've got sure on this week, so I've gone for a Newcastle-related stat. Um, in a 38-game Premier League season, three of the four sides who failed to win any of their first 12 games of a season have gone on to be relegated. Can you tell me which three teams they are that went on to be relegated? And for a bonus point, which one of the four managed to stay up? I know the one who stayed up, but I don't know the three that went down. Because I remember Von Inkling. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Well, as always, we will um, we will get back to that uh, next week. Let's do a, a cheeky fantasy league update, shall we? Let's have a look and see. Get back to that next week, will we? What? Uh, <laughs> find out the answer next week. <laughs> Actually, on a cliffhanger. We'll zoom you in. No. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be one of those nights, isn't it? <laughs> right, let's do a fantasy league update since we didn't have one last week because of the international break. Um, oh, shocker. I am continuing to slide down the list, although I had a better weekend. Dave McGregor, 103 points this week. God, He's now up into six. fourth place. Uh, yeah, we, we started the season really well. We, I mean, I'm sliding like a, mm. I'm falling like a stone Weren't you guys here. one and two the last time I was Yeah. There? Yeah. Uh, and that wasn't race. that and that wasn't that long ago either yeah so uh, to be fair I'm still only nine points behind so it's not too bad so yeah I don't know what, what Dave McGregor did did he triple captain Cancelo no he's not he's just single captain Cancelo but his entire team no one's got less than well, he's had a couple of rubbish rubbish ones but everybody yeah. scored Maximan scored Jimenez scored Bernardo scored Rudiger really scored Cancelo got at least one assist Alexander Arnold got an assist so yeah, he's had a, his defence alone nearly got more points than my entire squad. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Lewis Holmes still leads away, but it's very very tight up there. I mean, first to fifth is separated by seven points, and in fact, even if you look a little bit further back, first to seventh is only separated by twelve points, and then there is a bit of a jump uh, by another thirty or so points back to the eighth place. So there's a gap forming. Um, and I think I'm well out of the running now. I'm 70 points behind now. so Because really... you keep Captain Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> the third time this season that I switched my captain up, thinking, trying to be different, and it bit me in the backside. So yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to do that. But I've taken another point hit for next oh, week. Yeah, because I'm, I'm desperately... You were right. I need to get like Chilwell or Reese James yeah. in my team because the longer I leave it, the worse it's going to get. So I've, had to, I've taken a bit of a hit and got... Um, uh, Reese James, James and I've also I've also taken a gamble on old Ben Teke mm. so he's beginning to fire and Palace are playing well that's him so. for the season <laughs> yeah, yeah that's him ACO out for the season 
Right, okay. Um, let's get on with it then. Let's talk Watford against Man United. So, that, I mean, it is the only place to start, really, given the uh, the months of campaigning that you've done on this show, Dan, to have <laughs> uh, Solskjaer removed from post. He has left the building, but it came at the cost of another shambolic performance at, uh, at Vicarage Road. Mm. So let's talk about that first. And I guess we are going to talk mainly about United, the impacts of the game, the Solskjaer sacking, but we should at least note that Watford were very, very good uh, for all of May Night's downsides. Um, they are two wins, I think, in the last four, showing some signs. I mean, the two losses they had were against Arsenal and uh, I think the Southampton, who narrow lost to Southampton, I think, from, from memory. Um, but they had big wins against United and Everton. So are we seeing some signs here that Watford maybe have do have enough to pull away from that bottom group, do you think? You want to go? I think... As our resident expert in relegation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow, he's been on the show Early five minutes. <laughs> okay, stat about bloody relegation. <laughs> that hasn't even happened yet. Just uh, bring up the West Ham game at the weekend. Oh, no. <laughs> that, didn't yeah. make, that didn't make the cut. I was going to say, funny enough, we're not talking about West Ham. <laughs> we can bring it up though. Oh, yeah. Mm. Anytime. Um, I think if Claudio is a very good manager. You can see with exactly what he done at Leicester, he can get teams organised. But I think with the relegation fight at the minute, it's too early to tell who's going to be there or thereabouts because I said, I'll pull out some stats later about Newcastle. (laughs) (laughs) He's come prepared. I've come prepared. But it's good. I said, it's nice to see a big battle of a big lot of teams down there to kind of try and get the emphasis to get out. But... I think it's too early to tell and I think there'll be a team where they'll have a good win but then I think there'll be a run of a couple of games where it's going to be a few losses and draws along the way. Yeah, I mean, even Norwich now, like everyone was pretty much like, yeah, well, Norwich Norwich are 20th but now, like, you know, they've they've won two games in a row and it's starting to look like it might not be as clear-cut as it once used to be. Yeah, I mean, the one thing uh, that is quite surprising is the fact that of all the players that is suddenly shining for Watford, it's sort of the forgotten man, Joshua King. Mm. Um, you know, he had that six-month spell at Everton last season where I think he played once, if yeah, that. If that. Uh, maybe that even was, I think that was a bench. I think he played start. half an hour. Yeah, no, he, he played half an hour of yeah. football. Um, so, and yeah, he's come in now and he's, you know, scoring goals and they've still got, um, in, you know, Dennis, who looks really mm. sharp. Uh, Ismail Asara, obviously, is a dangerous player. So Not very good at penalties. Not very good at penalties, <laughs> no. Um, but so, yeah, they've got the firepower. It's, I think, defensively might be um, where they where they come a cropper. So let's get on to it then. Let's talk May United. So this was their biggest league defeat against the promoted side since September of 1989, just a few short months after my uh, my birth. That's how long ago it was. 5-1 loss against Man City at Main Road. Um, it's now one win in the last seven games, three points from a possible 21. Um, and in those seven games, you've got the worst defensive record in the league now. Yeah. 17 Have goals. Have you met McFred? Also. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure he's the only part. I've also met Maguire, Lindelof. <laughs> Um, Shaw's not been great yeah Wambasaka. I mean that's an average of almost two and a half a game two and a half goals a game which is absolutely awful so De Gea's like De Gea. probably had one of his best seasons <laughs> in years as well it could be a lot worse yeah. than that um, so um, but uh, let, let's look into some of the individual performances now I'm not sure if it's a rule but if it's not I think it should be if you're going to cup your ears in an England game against Albania <laughs> when you score you probably should aim to not be sent off in the next club game if you're mm. trying to silence your critics mm. Um, I mean, and then what, get pictured out in a club afterwards. 
Oh, of course, I forgot about that. Yes, he did. So, I mean... He went out clubbing. I mean... <laughs> Not loads to party about. Do you, do you actually... I mean, do you foresee a situation where he might get stripped to the captaincy if a new manager comes in? Hopefully. I, I, don't, I don't think he's captain material, to be honest. Especially when you've got, like, Ronaldo there and I would say Bruno's more of a leader than um, Maguire is. Mm. If, even, obviously, when Solskjaer was going over to the fans before he got sacked and Bruno was sort of trying to redirect the... You know, that's like leadership, isn't it? Mm. Well, where, where was Maguire and all that? Was, but he went on the pitch, was it? Yeah. <laughs> Probably getting changed. Yeah, it's uh, it's a funny one. Actually, on that on that uh, topic, what do you make of, of that? I mean, obviously, I know it's epi- you know, academic now because Solskjaer is, is gone. But it was quite an interesting thing to see a player, you know, openly try and push the criticism mm. away from his manager and say, no, 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 don't. Don't blame him, blame us. Because when you look at when you look at the performances and you look at the attitude, the effort levels, which have seemingly gone through the floor, and it wasn't that long ago you had the, one of the best away or the best away record um for God knows, was it twenty six games unbeaten away from home or something like that? Um so obviously the attitude and the effort was there previously, even if the performances weren't always brilliant, you were getting the results, whereas mm. now it's completely gone. So you any other manager you'd be saying, Oh, he's lost the dressing room. And there have been some rumblings of discontent. But then when you see a player doing that and trying to defend his manager in public like that, it's, I don't really quite know where he, uh, where he stands. Um, well, I think, you know, the starting eleven probably quite liked Ollie because they were picked no matter how they played. <laughs> like, they could have the worst game of their lives five games in a row and they'd still get picked over the likes of Donny and Lingard and this, that and the other. So yeah. I can understand why the starting eleven would probably want him to stay, but... I think Solskjaer just got found out this year. He he went with that really negative six at the back and then four up front football. And better coaches, including Ranieri, just know exactly how he's going to play. Mm. And they know what the team he's going to pick mm. as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's a funny funny you know irony of the fact that things come full circle sometimes. In the Donny Van der Beek, the kind of the forgotten man at Manchester United, he. You know, he's been left out in the cold for so long, barely getting any football, despite the, the widespread media calls. I mean, the, when he was, uh, I think he was warming up and about to come on, I think he got the loudest cheer of the afternoon mm. from the away end. Um, and he comes on, makes a real positive impact on the game, gets the goal, and it ends up being the last goal of Solskjaer's tenure. Mm. It's sort of like this crazy irony and full circleness From a Sancho cross as well. Yes, it was, yeah. Um, so, I mean, <clears throat> Van der Beek will probably be one of the few that's got a smile on his face a little probably, bit. yeah. Yeah, I'm happy for him because hopefully, you know, another, well, if another manager comes in, I don't really know what's going to happen. <laughs> hopefully, Van der But I mean, the problem is, if Carrick ends up staying in charge to the rest of the season, him, Ollie, uh, McKenna, Phelan, they were all a management team. So are we going to be playing any differently? Like, surely he's just going to keep picking McFred because... That was their joint decision. Um, You can't tell me it was... I don't think it's all on Ollie. I don't think the the finger should just be solely pointed at Ollie. It was a group. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. But then I guess if Carrick does come in as an interim boss, which by all accounts it looks like this likely to happen. He's taking charge of the next game. Yeah. um, But if he's there for any kind of period of time, if, you know, there's been some rumours that May United are going to appoint a caretaker manager till the end of the season and then sort it out in the summer, which... I mean, I said to Shearer, like, how can you write off the season in November? I know it's it's nuts, isn't it? When you've got Ronaldo and (laughs) that's the thing, you're appointing somebody to take over a caretaker just to take over for the end of the year. Yeah, 
The thing is, they what, they the come in with their own ideas, etc., and start doing training their way in whatever formation they want. Well, that's why it will be Carrick if it's going to be anyone, yeah. isn't it? And then end yeah. of the season, you look for someone else who's then going to want to implement their again. style. And yep. and then they'll feed the whole, oh, we're doing a rebuild. It's going to take three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I mean, there's, there was way more we could go into depth in the game, but I think we've probably covered... Um, enough about not just the, the game but also your feelings on Ole Gunnar yeah. Solskjaer because it's given us a lot of content over as a manager as a player I love him but <laughs> as a manager he was just so far out isn't he yeah um, and of course there was the, the board meeting the emergency board meeting that was called after the game um, I'm frankly stunned that it took as long as it did uh, I'm not sure what was actually mm. discussed and why it took so long mm. but the original outcome of that was that there was no decision and that his they were still undecided and that you know his job was for all intents and purposes, still safe, mm. for want of a better description, I suppose. Um, and then it comes out that he actually has gone. Now, I think would you would you would you agree that Solskjaer actually be quite relieved at this? Because as a as a human being, when the amount of criticism that's coming his way, at some point it's going to take a little bit like Steve Bruce. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of how bad he's doing his job, and he absolutely should get criticised for the job that he was doing. And you know, same with Brucey, but. When it start, when the abuse just keeps coming in and keeps coming in, at some point it's going to take a toll. So I wonder if Solskjaer is sitting there just with a bit of a sigh of relief and thinking, "Thank God that's over." Yes and no. I mean, I look at like where does he go from here? He's I can't see him getting a Premier League job. No, you know, to mould for the yeah, time. it would be it would be something like that. So it's almost the end of his career. Unless he goes and manages to work yeah. his way back up again, but I heard there's an interim position going. Man, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I do feel for him as we said before. You know, we, we don't. What you don't want to do is fall into this trap of abusing him for weeks and then, which is what we have been doing, and then all of a sudden feeling sorry for him, which is again, yeah, similar to what's happened with Brucey. No, um, no one. That was sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there, was even, there was rumors going around that Brucey yeah. might be the interim boss at United. That that's what I was going to ask you, like who. Do you think that's why the decision's taken so long to actually sort something out because they haven't found anybody to take over? Well, apparently, like they had no plans whatsoever to sack Solskjaer until that Watford game. Even like when we got smashed by Liverpool, mm. smashed by City, even though it was only 2 0. And then he went on holiday for nine days during the international break. I thought that would be when they start to sort of start draw up yeah. managers just Shortly. in case. But apparently, like, they they had absolutely no plans whatsoever to sack him. So that's why they're like, oh, we're going to have to put an interim because we've got no plans whatsoever. Like, Manchester United, how do you not have any plans whatsoever? You're thinking, like, that should be quite, like, on the top of a lot of people's list to be manager of. Yeah. Because of the legacy and everything that you got. But, it, like you said, Chris, you got Steve Bruce being tipped to take over. Then I've seen Pochettino, Enrique and Zidane. But who, who's going to go to the situation that you're in now? Well, and with the, the owners, I mean, yeah. I feel like I feel like Sol- Solskjaer worked because he was a yes man. No matter yeah. what they asked same for, with Bruce. he would say yeah, yeah. Same with Steve Bruce. Yeah. Whereas you get a Zidane there, he's not going to say yes to every request. No. Like no, and if 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 it's a yes man they want, then it's going to end up being someone like Bruce. And I, I think that's why we didn't jump at the chance to go for Conte because he wouldn't just sit there and yeah. well look at look at what he did at Inter Milan as yeah. soon as he didn't get what he wanted he walked mm. away mm. um yeah so I, I can see us 
just going for for like a Steve Bruce, but I mean the fans would kick off and I think I genuinely think the fans would you here's a question for you. Solskjaer or Brucey? <laughs> I know who I'd pick. A barrel, isn't it? <laughs> to be honest, I would go for Steve Bruce. Oh. Oh. Famous last words. Well, right? you, I think Josh is for up in his mouth. Well, you know, no, you no chance, the mate, honestly. You look at what Solskjaer's done with that United team and we're in relegation form. Or at least Steve Bruce had that Newcastle team. I think he could probably do a lot better with that United team. Interesting. No, I don't, I don't want I'd to. Like, I'd, like, I'd, I'd, I'd just love to see it to compare. Just, yeah, just to make sure. this perfectly clear, you're not advocating <laughs> no. Steve Bruce to come to Man United. I'll put um, my own CV in. For <laughs> so what's um, I mean, what's Solskjaer's legacy with United? Because now that he's gone, we now have the opportunity to kind of reflect on his mm. years there. What Worst is, coach in history. <laughs> so what what is he what is he left behind then? Well, has he had a player? Well, either I guess. I mean, was it? So I was a player. Like, there's no dispute. Yeah, ever he's ever a legend. The yeah. as a player, he's a legend. Like, I think you've got a completely the same with Frank Lampard. You can't look at his managerial career with Chelsea and his player career in the same light. No, it's completely different. Yeah. It's the same with Great. Solskjaer. Like, as a manager. He was shocking. As a player, he was a legend. Um, but he's brought in better players. You know, we've got like Sancho, Ronaldo, Maguire on his day. Um, you look at our squad. <laughs> very strong. <laughs> a little yeah. bit of a pause there. You, uh, you look at our squad and I would say it's up there with like Chelsea and City. Individually, yeah, yeah. I'd agree. Um, we just need a decent coach to take us to that next level. Mm. I mean, if we look at... Um, I was reading some uh, Sky Sports post where they were talking about where it kind of went wrong for Solskjaer and pin, trying to pinpoint the exact moment. And reading it, it almost like it felt like they couldn't work it out either. But there was sort of multiple places that you could say, well, that's where it started or that's where it started. But ultimately, he was there for three years, didn't win a trophy, which will obviously be one of the headlines. Jose won three, Van Howe won one, even David Moyes won a Community Shield, if you want to count mm-hmm. that. Um, so, you and you know, Solskjaer would always make this... Uh, case for saying that we're progressing and we're you know we're moving forward and we're still building and we're you know we're a team in its infancy almost but you know he's got to there was one year I think it was 2019-2020 he got to three semi-finals and mm. didn't turn up in any one of them uh, you obviously lost in the Europa League and I wonder how different things would be if you won that Europa League yeah yeah. Uh, would the attitude of the players well, I mean, be different would they, they be more were confident for him to be sacked after that game mm. So, yeah, I think ultimately that's one of the biggest failings of Solskjaer is that he's had that team, he's managed to get them that far by by luck or by mm. whatever method he got them there. He got them there, but couldn't get them over the line. Mm. Um, and I think that's what he'll be remembered for most at United. But again, you know, those sort of games is because he was just tactically outdone. Like mm-hmm. um, Emre in that final just completely tactically outdone him mm-hmm. and then we lost in a just bizarre penalty shootout but yeah I mean we, we've um, we took them another sort of point as well about when it went wrong actually saying that the, the moment Ronaldo arrived was the pinpoint because Ronaldo as we discussed before yes he's an amazing player yes he's already scoring really important goals for United I think he's got like seven or eight goals mm. already in, in quite important uh, games but ultimately he does force you to change how you are playing now whether you believe Ole had a plan in the first place is up for debate 
but because he had that young side and he had that sort of energy about them playing on the counter-attack, as soon as you put Ronaldo into that team, it does change because you can no longer press. You are carrying a set of legs effectively, regardless of his ability. And he obviously brings pressure. Mm. He brings, you know, if Ronaldo is coming to your team, he's coming to you because he wants to win something. He's not coming for a frivolity. Um, so people were saying actually that the added pressure that that brought has now brought into stark focus the failings of Solskjaer and his failings to adapt to having Ronaldo in the team. Mm. Would you agree with that? Do you think that, or do you think that this was just this was coming and this is just? No, I, I think it's been coming. I don't <clears throat> buy this whole. I've seen so many people saying, "Oh, you know, it's all because of Ronaldo." Like, you look at the Champions League. We'd be out of it if we didn't have Ronaldo. Yeah, because those he scored like three <laughs> late goals that won us and or drew drew us those games. Um, even in the Premier League, he's been. I know everyone always says, "Oh, he doesn't run around like Cavani does," but that's not Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's like saying Harry Maguire doesn't sprint as fast as Luke Shaw. Well, they're not the same player. Yeah. Like if you buy Ronaldo, you play to Ronaldo's strengths. Yeah. And like that's what that, I mean. Though I don't. That's what I don't think Solskjaer ever did. No, that's no. Um, you know, you you get those Sancho crosses in, and he headers it across to Donny. And that's what Ronaldo does. Like he's good in the air. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the problem is I don't know if and if if you say well Solskjaer probably didn't want Ronaldo. Well, that's the problem. He was a yes man. Mm. The board said, oh, you're getting Ronaldo, and he'd be like, okay. He wouldn't kick up a fuss like a Zidane or a Conte would and say, well, I don't really need Ronaldo in that squad. Yeah. Uh, final question on on Solskjaer. Um, he's obviously done his farewell kind of speech which was quite emotional actually yeah, watching it I felt yeah. it was almost a bit like do you remember Theresa May when she did it when she gave her farewell speech she almost cried on the podium <laughs> outside number 10 all of a sudden everyone went oh actually no she's alright isn't she but so but one of the things that he said was I hope I've left the team in a better state than when I joined now that's the kind of golden question mm. has he when he turned up three years ago left you in a better state now than when he took over well they were shit then and they're shit now <laughs> <laughs> Well, we were winning trophies. You got before. better players, maybe. We won two mm. trophies under Mourinho. I mean, we've got a better squad, but the tactics are just on the floor. Um, I mean, I thought our football under Mourinho was dire, but under Solskjaer, it was just shocking. Could you argue, though, because he has built the better squad, whether it's him doing it, whether it's people behind the scenes, that well, in reality he, he has. Players, he? Yeah, so that in reality yeah, he I mean, has left it in a better place yeah. because another manager can come in and he's got a far better squad to work with. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's spent over 400 million or he's mm. had that much invested since he's been there, which is more than any other manager since Fergie. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's hard to compare, but I, d- I don't really feel like he's left any kind of legacy. I think it's just been a waste of three years, personally. Mm. All right, um, and then as a we, obviously you touched on about the club, Shearer, about how that you sort of they maybe didn't have a lineup, or one of you guys said yeah. that they didn't have somebody lined up. Mm-hmm. If you look at actually where the club is right now, I mean, there is a there is a case for saying that actually the club are getting away with this a little bit because they had an awful lot of bad press about them when the um, the European Super, Super League yeah. kicked in. It all went quiet because they saw Ronaldo and Sancho. But actually, if you look behind, the, if you look a little deeper, um, you know you've they just sacked a manager a week after they've just had an international break. So if you were going to do it, why not do it before and at least give a new manager time to come in and, and work with it, which is what the other three, um, you know, Newcastle, Norwich and Villa have done. Um, you've got, you've, you've missed out on a proven winner in Antonio Conte. Um, you've, you're apparently appointing a caretaker manager only to then hire another interim manager to then hire a permanent one in the summer if rumours are to be believed. Um, you could have sold Lingard for 30 million in the summer to us. 
instead they held on and held on because they wanted something like 40 or 50 for him reportedly and now they're going to potentially lose him for free um it's just everything that's coming out of the club right now is just mismanaged and i've not even heard today that ed woodward has delayed his his leaving again because well, he wants to oversee the new manager coming in no apparently he's even thinking of staying on as an advisor <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> So he's he's just by popular demand, is it? Just doing the exact same job, but just in the shadows, so no one can have a go at him. He's got somebody else to be the front man. Mm. He's just whispering in their ear, giving them orders. Like talking about the owner. Did you see Joel Glazer doing that speech to his NFL team? No. So he was doing like a a training. Is Joel Glazer the one with the horrific haircut? Mm, He's the one that's yeah. He's the one that's most. He's the one that's most involved. He's the one that did the like talk with the United fan group, right? Okay, during the Super League thing. But he was um, trying to do like some rousing speech and telling them about Cristiano Ronaldo, how he's like the first to train and the last to leave. Right. And he's talking about how we signed him when he was 16 years old, which we didn't. <laughs> he was 18 when we signed him. God. Doesn't even know what's going no. on. So let's look, let's look to head to the future then. So um, as we said, the rumour is that Maurizio Pochettino is interested in coming to United, mm. apparently according to Sky Sources. Um we talked about this the other night, though, didn't we? Um, when, we when we were at the gym last night. It's a really interesting one when you look at the state of PSG right now. Mm-hmm. The money they've just invested in a clear attempt to try and win the Champions League. Mm. Why would you leave before you've seen that plan through? Yeah, and I think they're like 10 points clear in the French League as well. So mm. it's not like he's struggling. Um, but is it the... the- the, it's Man United. The pull of the it? Premier League. Of the Premier and, League and he did, yeah. I think he did want to go to United before He's Solskjaer. Been hinted before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a, before he got the PSG job. It's like one of the biggest teams in the world, isn't it? United. Yeah, I mean, despite how bad things are, they are still yeah, a huge a pool as a club. Yeah. Aren't imagine they? If We're starting to get to that point where we start talking about history, but <clears> not just yet. I mean, and any club, I mean, regardless of how bad the club are doing, as we just mentioned there. Any manager can look at this. If you're a you know a good level manager or a high level manager, you look at this squad and think, Jesus Christ, there is there is something Potential. to be done there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go in and you know, if you're the manager to take over after Solskjaer when things are really low, um, and you take them back to winning things, you are going to be heralded as an absolute hero of the club. Yeah, I mean, you look at when David Moyes came in and we we had like a the back end of Fergie's aging squad, and he had quite a tough job of trying to turn it around. That whatever manager comes into this team, you know, you've got Cristiano Ronaldo, you've got Varane, you've got Sancho, you've got yeah. Bruno Maguire. Fernandes. I nearly said <laughs> it, that's Maguire. why I said it. Fred. So, I mean, if you if I had to put you on the spot right now, who would you want as your next main option? You want you'd go for Poch. Straight up Poch, yeah. So you you wouldn't want a Luis Enrique, which is probably who Ronaldo's looking at. Mm. Eric Ten Hag. I is love that man. Ronaldo makes the decisions. I know. <laughs> imagine if imagine <laughs> if they um, if they sign Enrique just because of that. Steve Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how the players react because obviously you know the players have been shambolic. They've been disgraceful the way they've performed. Mm. You know, ultimately their effort levels. Yes. It was, elements of it come from the manager and getting the players motivated but they should still want to play I'd like to see more rotation of the squad like Luke Shaw's been pretty poor this season we've got Tellez who used to be the Brazil left back yeah like, how can he not get in the team yeah yeah I think that's whichever manager even if it's an interim Michael Carrick I think it'd be interesting to see because you know he will I be guided be any difference I don't know I think part of that I think he'll be guided Solskjaer will be the one making the decision he'll guide and he'll be like well, I want to play like this what do you guys think who can we fit into this system I would like to think anyway I mean I could be proved wrong I would like to think that he would have his own ideals 
I don't believe that two managers are ever exactly the same, that he's just going to come in and go, yeah, I'm just going to copy exactly mm. what he was doing. You would hope that he's got a bit more about him as a coach so I, I heard, to have his own plan. I heard a thing about, like a, an opinion on Carrot the other day, and it said like, United's biggest problem is the CDM department. Uh-huh. Carrick was a, a great Borderline CDM. world-class Yeah, I was going to say world-class. He was world-class. He's a, yeah, a world-class CDM. So how can he, as a coach, not be able to turn any of our players into a, even an above-average CDM? Mm. Surely that yeah. makes him a poor coach. But that's the, I totally agree because you have a look at, sorry to mention him again, but Steve Bruce... Probably one of the best mm. centre backs yeah. United's ever had. Yeah, we have the worst defence in yeah. the league. Yeah, how can a guy who made a living being in that position mm. not convert that into coaching or yeah. how to manage the players in that and, position? And yeah, because he's played at that top level, he would have had top level coaching. Yeah. Um, he would have had access to you know he's played at the top level in the Champions League and and you know for Englanders as well. Um, I don't think Steve Bruce did. No, not obviously. Okay, but um, you know what I mean. At the, at the top level yeah. of, of, of football, where you can go and, and whatnot, and um, yeah, just it's it is strange how these players. It just doesn't always work, does it? You know, right. you can get these amazing players. Paolo Di Canio, another one. Roy Keane. Yeah, you know, it yeah. just doesn't always work. Sometimes personalities don't work, or whatever it is. But it is going to be interesting to see how the players react, even though it's still Carrick. I think, think there'll still be a boost um, because it's just a fr- it's a change, isn't it? It always freshens up. Is it though when literally the only person that's not there is Solskjaer? Yeah, I I think there'll be a I think we'll beat Villarreal. I think there'll be a slight boost, but it won't be massive. It's not like a new manager bounce or mm. whatever they call it. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if the boost will come from the players going. Do you know what we need to impress you know, for whatever manager? Well, does. not only that, but you know we if, if the players feel as bad about Solskjaer sacking as we're led to believe they might want to put on a performance almost like as a tribute I don't know the, but that, wouldn't that be a kick in the teeth it would well? yeah. just like why didn't they do that for him when he well, was there it's the same when Harry Kane came out for Spurs and was talking up Antonio Conte just after Nuno had been sacked it's yeah. like well you never performed for I mean he's not really performed yet for Conte either no. but no. you know um it, it, I thought it was really disrespectful to basically say I'm looking forward to working under such a great coach it's like you know he's not a bad coach no. I know his tactics weren't the best mm. but you just you never like, put any effort in if you don't buy into what he's trying to give everybody then you're not going to do as well no. No. I really hope we beat Chelsea that'd be great <laughs> I do love the uh, some of the stuff that's going around that apparently Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea are appealing Maguire's red yeah. card to, <laughs> trying to get him to play <laughs> Right, okay, uh, let's move on. Let's talk Liverpool-Arsenal uh, before we head to the break, um, just quickly. So Liverpool bounced back in some style with this. They've had a couple of disappointing results, obviously, the West Ham loss, the two-all draw with Brighton, um, but they yeah, they bounced back in emphatic fashion against a, a much-improved Arsenal team who were made to look pretty average in this game, weren't they? Yeah, the former Arsenal were in. I thought it was going to be a really head-to-head yeah. game. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I was looking at putting a bet on, I thought, do I fancy a cheeky five-run yeah. Arsenal here? Bloody really bad, I didn't. off until Klopp and Arteta had their little like, fight. And, and then everyone was like, yeah, we're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they, that was so innocuous because the challenge for Mane... It wasn't even that, like... It wasn't a bad... No, there's nothing, nothing no, in it at all. It was like a life threatening injury. I could understand, but it was he just. He lit a... up like a flame. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's literally like that bloke on a night out who's just looking for a fight. <laughs> as soon as he sees one, he's just got to get involved. It doesn't even, yeah. doesn't even matter if he doesn't even know he's involved. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, you're right. In, and Carragher actually said, I wonder if Arteta regrets that mm. because 100%. he has he inadvertently actually given Liverpool the spark yeah. that they needed. Because yeah. up to that point, it was pretty even. Yeah. yeah. Um, did, I mean, Arsenal were shooting themselves in the foot, though, weren't they, with some of their, mm. their tactical style? Do you think that, um, you know, West Ham played quite when we play a bigger team we do have this you know we sit a bit deeper we play compact and we try and catch them on the break and it worked like a charm against Liverpool were you surprised that Arsenal tried to play in the way that they did having just seen what West Ham did against Liverpool or do you think this was a Arteta saying you know what we're really confident we're going to keep yeah, going I and think, give ourselves a, a go at going toe to toe with them yeah I think now because even before you know, before like last season, Arteta was just playing the same way every single time. Even when it wasn't working and they were conceding goals because they were trying to play out from the bat, it was just every week the same thing. Keep doing it, keep doing it. So I think they're just every single game they're going to be playing the exact same way because that's how he wants to play. I don't, I don't think he's going to be one of these managers that, you know, if we're playing Watford, we play like this, and then next week when we're playing City, we'll change it and we'll do this. I think it's going to be the same thing every week. But I feel like a little bit, I mean, we criticise Bielsa for that for the mm. same thing, right? And I feel like if you're going to do that against any team, the last team you want to be doing that against is Liverpool, mm. um, especially when it's, you know, you've already seen a few examples where it's not worked. Don't keep poking the bear. Don't keep doing the same thing because eventually you're going to get caught. And that's eventually what happens because who was who was the uh, left back? What his name is for Arsenal? Tavares. Yeah, and when he when he came inside and then just passed it straight to Diego oh, Jota. Yeah. Um, and take nothing away from the finish. It was absolutely the way he just put Sat two down, yeah. so put yeah, two of them yeah, down yeah. and sent them for a cup of tea and then just rolled it in the net. It was a brilliant finish. But you just feel like to yourself, you know, there's a time and a place for doing that football. When you're playing against Liverpool, play that intricate football in the middle by all means. But they were playing in some very, very dangerous areas. Do you think that's just a bit of an arrogance I was, side yeah. of thing? I was going to say, I think, I think it's arrogance to say we're good enough to play this way no matter who we play yeah. against. And yeah. I think that's the Arsenal way. Mm. Like As in, Wenger never changed how he'd play, like no. you say. And that's why the games at that time against <laughs> United and whatever yeah. were exciting because it was those clash of styles that they've perfected over time whereas now Arteta's got that philosophy from playing under Wenger mm. and obviously working with Pep Guardiola and it is pass 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 yeah. pass pass but whereas we all know from our generation of playing football sometimes you just got to hit it yeah. Rose yeah. and see you later whereas I've never seen that from an Arsenal team no no because otherwise if, if you change your tact say you're playing Liverpool and you're like right we've got to change how we're playing you're almost admitting that you're not good enough to play the mm. way you want to play yeah when you play when you can't mm. play, you're almost admitting defeat against the top teams yeah. yeah I see what you mean um, another player that continues to impress for Arsenal is Aaron Ramsdale he had another oh, another yeah. outstanding oh, game yeah. for them um, <clears throat> is he you know do we see a realistic proper, uh, uh, potential sorry that he will take the number one spot for England I mean, it sounds crazy because six months ago, well, not even that, at the start of the season, we were everyone was ridiculing them, and now all of a sudden we're talking about a potential England well, starting. His issue at Arsenal was just everyone in front of him is a bit shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, because he did make really good saves, Definitely. and he, he he was he's actually had had a good game considering mm. the scoreline. Oh, I think it could have been worse. Yeah, yeah. a bit like De Gea, you well, know, saving I mean. two penalties. It's like De Gea yeah. with um, yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> we didn't even talk about that, but yeah, it is the same thing. But I think. I don't see why not. With Pickford's not exactly smashing it out of the park at the moment. Problem is though, Pickford's a completely different player for England, and I feel like mm, same with because, yeah, well, yeah, but I feel like because same Pickford's look sure it's quite the list, isn't it? Because Pickford's never made a mistake for England. I just feel like he's cemented there. Yeah, he's like Sterling, isn't yeah. he? So that that trusted player. Mm. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I felt a bit sorry for Aaron Ramsdale. We said last week that. Um, 
you know, he's he's got himself into the England squad, which is a massive, you know, sort of thumbs up and confidence boost to say, well done for your performances this season. We're going to reward you with an England starting berth. Great, who are we playing? Sam Wiener. Uh, he's okay. sat there in his chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Barely touched the ball all night. Got a clean sheet though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did. That's all that matters, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's... Um, Liverpool had uh, Thiago back in the side. Did anyone, anyone else see the amount of no-look passes that bloke was doing? <laughs> the most unnecessary <laughs> times as well. Where he's that, no one around him for 20 yards and he's doing a little no-look pass. That's what he's doing, like, step-overs in the nowhere as well. <laughs> the the no-look and then the thumbs-up. <laughs> versions of thumbs-up on the pitch. I love it. But it's, a, it's another... Um, a sort of midfield combination that Liverpool have now as we were talking before about losing one out and having a quite injury prone midfield which Thiago definitely falls under that category but there's no doubt about it when he's back in the team his range of passing I mean he was killing Arsenal with his with his passing range Um, so and I guess looking forwards uh, again how important is it to keep players like him? I mean, Oxley Chamberlain's even coming and doing a job mm-hmm. now. I mean, he was he was very very good. So Liverpool have got options in that midfield if they can keep players fit. Yeah, but I just wonder if they have to keep rotating that midfield if it's for injuries etc. I just wonder if that might just start to catch up with them toward, as the season goes on. There's rumours that um, Barca want to buy Thiago back as well. Oh really? Mm. Yeah, I wonder. He's probably the sort of player that uh, that Xavi will like. Yeah, sort of oh, the, of sure. the same of the same mould almost, yeah. aren't they? Um, but I suspect Liverpool will want a fairly tidy fee if if they're going to get him back. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how how that pans out for the rest of the season uh, with with him. Um, the front three um, we spoke before about you know sometimes they are almost too similar at times, yeah. but when they click like they did in this game, they are devastating, aren't it's they? Um, Sadio Mane, um, Salah being unselfish, yeah. seemingly happy families there at the moment, <laughs> yeah. uh, and Diego Jota chipping in with goals as well. Are they the best front three in the league when they're on that sort of form? I'd say so. Yeah, I, I think it's why not? I think it's one of the best in Europe. Mm. Personally, I prefer it with Firmino <laughs> over Jota. I don't know. I think Jota, since he's made the move, has been he has been good. Levels. But I think that we saw against. Um, who was it they played? Was it Watford? Watford when he got when he got a hat trick. Yeah. He just gives them such a different dimension where he comes in short. But, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think what is a positive for Liverpool is that they can alter those front three yeah. depending on what game it is they're playing. If they mm-hmm. need somebody to drop in into the kind of cam position or the false nine position, Firmino is the best one for yeah. that because he can control mm-hmm. and play the passes and make the movement. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you just want a devastating pace of attack Mane, Salah and Jota I don't think there's many like I said in world football that are better than that at the minute yeah I don't know I know he has had an injury issue recently for me I don't know whether he was back in the squad Firmino he's out for like a month oh, okay so yeah I knew I knew he was injured um, but I think his, historically over the last sort of 12 months I think you can see that Klopp tends to prefer playing Jota, Mane and Salah do you think at some point Firmino might become a bit frustrated with his lack of playing time because he is a a class player and has been for a long time um, at Liverpool do you think he'll know, get frustrated when he, when he came back from injury he was straight back in the team mm. um, which says to me that he's favoured over Jota because um, Jota wasn't exactly playing badly he was scoring goals yeah um, I think it's good that there's competition I feel like Firmino has picked up his game since Jota's come in mm. um, so I think, I think it's good for all mm-hmm. three of them four of them Cool. Right, okay, we are going to head to a break. When we come back, I'm going to play the correct Will uh, Rugby Blindside uh, uh, clip this week. 
pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Um, and then we'll get into some more Premier League games. We'll talk some of the relegation stuff and the teams at the bottom uh, before we get into this week's quiz. See you in a minute. Hey everybody and welcome back to the show. So as always, let's get straight into uh, the Rugby Blindside segment. Hello everybody. Um, there are a few news stories this week, so I'm just going to rattle through them. Uh, to start off, uh, Gary Hoffman, who is the Premier League's chairman, has made the decision to resign from his role. Uh, from what I've read, this looks like it was more along the lines of his colleagues encouraging him to resign rather than a decision that he has taken on his own. He's had a troubled time as chairman, uh, so during his tenure uh, he watched over the project Big Picture proposals as well as the European Super League debacle. So the main issue from what we've been reading is that he knew nothing about either of these two quite seismic events which has therefore led to the decline of his authority. In other news, uh, Watford have reportedly taken out a new loan which is understood to be worth around £50 million and is to be repaid over a five-year period. Uh, the interest rate on this is likely to be fairly low at around 5%-ish, meaning a minimum of £2.5 million will be owed on the top of this loan. Uh, it has been secured against Vicarage Road, so it's a fairly stable loan for the club and it's actually cleaned up the debt position, which actually makes Watford a more attractive proposition for outside investment. The loan, for example, could be taken on by an outside investor who may want to pump in even more money and take on an equity share in return. And finally, at the opposite end of the spectrum, things aren't looking too rosy for Reading Football Club at the moment, who have been deducted six points from this season's points tally, with a further six points suspended until the end of the 2022-2023 season, after they admitted to breaches of the EFL's profitability and sustainability rules. This uh, points deduction follows a review of the financial submission from the club for the four-year period between 2017-18 and 2020-21, uh, where it was determined the club had recorded a loss of £57.8 million, pounds, uh, which is £18.8 million in excess of the £39 million upper loss threshold. But overall, it is quite a worrying situation for Reading Football Club at the moment. The Dye family, who are the owners, continue to offer their vast financial support for Reading, but the finances just don't look great at all. So wages have consistently represented twice the club's total revenue, and pre-tax losses for the last three accounting years have been close to £100 million. I'm hoping here that we don't see another Derby County situation, but it does look like things might be heading that way. There are certain indicators that we saw with Derby which are happening here, so points deductions, breaches of profitability and sustainability rules. So fingers crossed for Reading, but we're just going to have to see how this one plays out. And unfortunately for them, the Dai family who have owned clubs in Belgium and China as well were hit financially quite badly by COVID and ceased to exist anymore but we'll keep on top of this one and we'll see what happens but that is all for me this week and i'll be back soon for some more business news in football
Cool. Thanks very much for that, Will. He'll be back next week uh, with some more stuff. Um, let's get into Leicester against Chelsea, shall we? Chelsea continue to look imperious mm. and consistent and all the right things that you would expect from a team that's uh, going to be heavily challenging for the title. Um, it helped that Leicester didn't get off the team bus. <laughs> They've been so bad recently, haven't they? What is going on at Leicester at the moment? Do you think that's the link from Brendan Rodgers going to United? Yeah, he's probably trying to get sacked so he can come straight to us on a free. On a free. Would you have him? Uh, it's something we didn't mention, Rodgers, and no. he's been one of the ones that's heaviest links. Yeah, he is, he's one I'm like, part of me I'm like, I would quite like him because mm. I, I feel like he, you know, he's done a good job. I know it's Celtic, but you look at Celtic now, trophies. they're not exactly yeah. thriving, are they? Um, I feel like he has done well at Leicester. They've just fallen away from the top four. Mm. And he's won the FA well. Cup and yeah, the Community yeah. Shield with them. So, you know, so I'd, I'd probably, it, yeah. I probably would. Um, it's just that little Liverpool link that's a little. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Um, goals from uh, Anthony Antonio Rudiger, Kante, and a, a third added from uh, Christian Pulisic gave an, a very comfortable win. We talked. Yeah, turning into a city. Don't need a striker. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm going to have to eat my words at some point. I'm, I'm guessing, but I still stand away for now. But I mean, the consistency is always the thing that a team who's going to win the league will need. And at the moment, I just I can't see where Chelsea are going to slip up. I mean, I know they had um, they've had Lukaku out now for a little while. They've had Werner out for a little while, but they seem to be coping, mm. and mainly because they've got two fullbacks that clearly don't understand that they are. Wing, or wing backs I should say because they spend most of the time higher up than most of the yeah. other Chelsea players I mean Reese James is like the complete player at the moment isn't he mm. he's scoring strikers goals as well like. he can finish yeah. but then he um, when it, they sent him on loan to Wigan wasn't he used as more of a midfielder oh was he I think he was played centre mid actually wasn't he yeah. Reese James and that's the thing Wigan. I think where he's so comfortable on the ball mm. in those forward positions he feels more comfortable being able to take the ball forward even Chilwell, the amount, when I was watching the game and I was sort of trying to look where Chilwell was and he was in the centre-forward position. <laughs> I mean, he was in behind. I mean, he hit the bar, what, three or four yeah, minutes yeah. in? He's got um, higher up than Harry Kane. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, more goals than Harry Kane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, uh, I mean, the interesting thing was with Reese James. I mean, you look at the two, the, you know, Chilwell was very much, uh, you know, predominantly stay wide, get in behind, whereas Reese James, as you say, is equally comfortable coming inside and was playing that playmaker role as well. Um now, he's been in, involved in eight goals now in his last eight Premier League games. He's got four goals and four assists um, from wing-back, effectively, for Chelsea. Um, bearing in mind, he, he only got five goal involvements in his previous 57 Premier League games. That is quite the turnaround. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've, we've talked a little bit in the past. I mean, we've got some very gifted right-backs at England at the moment. I mean, yeah. but when you look at the stats, you look at the, the play, I mean, for me, Rhys James is the best right-back in England right now, but there'll be a lot of people out there What's that would the statement But there are a lot of people out there that would say that Trent is a better right back. So I'll put the question to you guys. I personally think, as a complete all-round package, both attacking and defending, Reese James is the best. What do you guys think? Or what do you, what do you all think? I should say. I'd go Trent for me. I just think he think defensively he's he's better than Reese James. I just don't think it. The thing is with Trent. It doesn't matter if he gets caught in behind because he's got such good pairing of centre backs behind him mm-hmm. that Virgil, Matit, whoever's there will cover him. Reese James, like I said, has got Rudiger in behind him, yeah. so they can have the license to get forward. But I just I don't know what it is. For for me, I just think 
Trent is the guy. Like I said he's bit like I said the big games like in the Champions League against Barcelona to yeah. get Liverpool into the final. He was a pivotal player for that in doing the big games. And this is why I just don't understand why he well, either of them at the minute really, more so Trent, are the first team names on the team sheet. Because I think they're better than Carl Walker. Mm. Both of them better. He struggles to make the squad. Mm. That's what I mean. Trent. Both of them do, yeah. <laughs> so I don't understand how Trippier and Carl Walker get in front. Yeah. I do think Carl Walker though is the whole like experience. Yeah. And it goes oh, back yeah, to the same thing. Yeah. versatility as well. It, and it also goes back to the same that. thing you said about Pickford that he's yeah. never really made a mistake for England. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I guess it will depend on what system England play because if they play three at the back, I'm, ha- I'm fine for Carl Walker to play because he plays as a third centre back. Yeah. But that's play, why he gets we, picked because he can be moved into that position. Yeah, but if we play four four two, I don't mm. know how often he would pick Carl Walker over someone like Reese James or Trent. Mm. I think the form of both of them is almost impossible to ignore now. Yeah. Well, if we played five at the back, then Reese or Trent would be one of those wing backs, wouldn't they? Yeah, and then Carl Walker would be. But we saw Southgate almost try and experiment before with mm. with fitting both of them in, didn't he? Because I think mm. he played Trent almost as a, well, a right winger, almost didn't he? Mm. Well, before we went to the um, Euros, he said that. If he had to take five right backs, he'd take five right backs, and he was going to put Trent. Yeah, in CDM. It was a CDM, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, yeah, I'm not so sure about that personally, but it, but if you were going to do something like that, surely playing like I've just mentioned, someone like Reese James, who did play in midfield, yeah, and that I think he'd be versatile enough to. Um, oh, I think so. Yeah. I guess maybe you know, even though I still I do believe that Reese James as an all round complete player is better. I see the point that you could argue that Trent's been doing it for longer. Mm. You know, because Reece James has really come into it this season, whereas oh, Trent's sure. been doing it for the last two years. I think some some ridiculous Trent has already got more assists than Paul Scholes has. Yeah, and like you right always back. associate <laughs> Paul Scholes with being one of the best mm. passers of the ball. Um, yeah, for me anyway. I'm not sure about you two, but yeah, if I was building my own team, I'd go for Trent over Reece James. So, and again, I guess for England, then you would stick the same. You'd have Trent over Reece James for England. Depends on what. Yeah, it depends what formation and system. Um, four four two, flat four. Who's, who's playing right back? I think if you're going to go for a more of a balanced team, I'd pick Reese James. But if you're looking for somebody who's going to be a bit more up down, looking for crosses in that sort of dimension, I think you should do with someone like Harry Kane, mm. who is good in the air. Yeah, even Calvert Lewin as well. I've yeah, got Calvert Lewin up there. Oh, for me, I think Trent's just got that little bit more in that department, but. If you want somebody who's going to be a bit more, like you were saying, a bit better defensively, yeah, I think Reese James probably you're right next. Oh, it's to a that. very good problem to have. Mm. Let's be honest, oh, yeah. Yeah, very very but good. Like problem. I said, would you put Chilwell? Can't wait to see Trippier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, Trippier yeah. start over all three of them. <laughs> but would you put Chilwell above Shaw? Yeah, on current form, yeah, Chilwell. the same way last season, I would have put Shaw above of yeah. Chilwell just which, on form, which I think you know Shaw earned that and mm. he showed in the, I mean he was probably one of the best if not the like best left back in the final in, didn't he yeah, yeah, yeah. he was probably the best mm. left back in the tournament outside maybe um, yeah. Spinozola, Spinozola. Um, yeah. although he's not even a left back he was a makeshift left back for Italy mm. so yeah um, what about Leicester though I mean you know they are so far off the pace has it gone a bit under the radar just how sort of poor they've been this season. Yeah, because they're like 12th or something, I think. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, 12, 12 games in, 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 in 12th place. <laughs> they've not won in three games now. Um, they're not scoring as many goals. They've only got four wins from those 12 games as well. You know, this is a team, as we said, they FA Cup holders. They won the mm. Community Shield this year. They're in Europe. Um, they've added to the squad. I know they lost Fafana to a, to a bad injury at the start of the season, but 
you know, they've still got all the the players that were on form last year. They've still got, you know, Ndidi. They've still got Tielemans, Vardy, mm-hmm. Iheanacho. You know, they've got all these class players, Harvey Barnes, and yet they just can't work at the moment. So, you know, is Brendan... I know we joked earlier about Brendan Rodgers going United, but is his job under a little bit of pressure, do you think? Yeah, I mean... Surely yeah. it can't be much longer before it is. No, because that team will want to be fighting for top four, won't they? Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you're sitting in 12th come Christmas, then... Yeah, I mean, this is a team that spent a very large portion of their time in the top four in the last mm-hmm. two seasons and should have got Champions League, but obviously missed out on both occasions. And now, all of a sudden, they're we're a third of the way through the season. And there was nothing from them against Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea could have won 8-9-0. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is both... You know, a very positive indictment on how good Chelsea were, but mm. also an, a reflection on how bad Leicester were as well. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know with Rodgers. It's a weird one because I was trying to think back to his time at Liverpool. So obviously, mm. I, we we know that he very nearly won the league, other than the famous slip from from Slippy Stevie G, G, which I'm sure me even saying that is bringing a smile to Joe Mott's face <laughs> right now. Oh, Chris Stamble. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I can't remember off the top of my head when he, when he was let go. What happened? with the Liverpool team do you know did we see a similar kind of decline at Liverpool and that was the the reason behind he was second I, I, can't, I can't remember, remember. What was it like 2014 or something like yeah that? it was a little while ago now because who was who did he take over from Roy Hodgson or did Roy Hodgson take over from no it was, it was Dal- Roy then Brendan, when was Dalglish yeah I think it was Dalglish Hodgson oh, okay. Rogers. Right. yeah because I think he had an upfront pairing of Ricky Lambert, Barini, and Pelotelli. Wasn't, wasn't Peter Crouch in there as no, well? That was Rafa. Andy oh, Carroll okay. was there at some point as well. <laughs> that was Doug Leach. Yeah. Pelotelli. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the problem I find with Leicester and if they were to part ways with Rodgers, who is there to take charge of that? Yeah, who takes Leicester to the next step? Because obviously you're having a look at that radar at the minute. If you're a top-level manager, you're going to look for United. Mm. Well, I think you would look for United because, A, you've already got the world-class squad. And even if you don't really get on with the owners, they've still spent money. Yeah. Mm. Not to say that Leicester won't spend money, but if you were, like I said, if you were on FIFA or football manager and you were to have the Leicester or the United job, on paper you go... You pick a United. Yeah, United. Mm. So, for me, I've just... I mean, Leicester are a stable club, right? I mean, they've... Oh, I think they're they've, very um, well. They're probably one of the best-run clubs yeah, in the Premier League. Um, they've, they've seemingly got one of the best scouting networks in the mm. entire Premier League with some of the players they find for phenomenal fees. Mm. Um, so I think it would be a, an attractive job to a new manager, but it, they might have to do with the managerial position the same thing that they do with their transfers and find a manager, you know, find a Graham Potter mm. that no one's ever heard of to come in and, and really do a great job with them. Or Graham Potter. Or get Graham Potter, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then again, why would he leave? Because Brighton seemed to run their club pretty well as well. Mm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would say that with respect to Brighton, Leicester is a step a step from Brighton. Yeah, where, Problem with those sort of like your Brightons and Norwiches, you're never going to be getting to top four with those clubs unless they get like a billionaire come in. But and then the buy thing is, club. Brighton are above Leicester in the league at the minute. Yeah, yeah Brighton are on the slide. Yeah, though. they've they've no winning six now. Ooh, but yeah, I know they've had some tough games in there. In fairness to them, Mm-mm. but um, and Leicester have got Watford next. Yeah, tough. So game. that'll be. <laughs> but it will be interesting, like you said. You've got. Renieri come back in mm. against his old former team 
So it'll be interesting to see how it kind of goes between the two. Yeah. I bet they have the pizzas out after that, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I forgot he was that guy, wasn't he? <laughs> Just buys pizzas every time they win. Chicago Towns for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> two for a pound, then one stop. <laughs> uh, right, let's move on then to um, the three teams who had a debut for their managers this weekend. Uh, we'll start with uh, Newcastle. Well, Easily they, the, they best, but... <laughs> the best game of the weekend, but... By far. Well, I don't know. The Burnley um, nah, Palace one was, uh, was a corker as well. Sure. Um, but so, yeah, anyhow, I mean, it's, it's funny because Josh has been Josh has been doing some of this subliminal messaging with me. Like he's, I think he's trying to get me to start supporting Newcastle because he's just sending me like videos of anyhow press conferences and training sessions and all this kind of stuff. I've just fallen and in then, love with football. <laughs> but then that love quickly went sour again when he found out that Eddie Howe wasn't there this weekend because I he had coronavirus. Gutted. I was absolutely gutted because as well as the change has been made already within just 10 days of him taking charge, I think if he was there, it would have just added that little bit more yeah, for us yeah. to nick Will he the be game. all right in time for the next game? Supposedly. Yeah, was it 10 days? Yeah. What is the next game? So we've got Arsenal next. At home? No, it's at the Emirates. Oh, it's at the Emirates. So, but same again, I think that'll be interesting because I said I've got plenty of stats at the minute for it, but I think, it, I think it'll be a very interesting game seeing yeah. as how Arsenal have played in their last one and how we've played in this one. So yeah, go on then. Give us your uh, give us your take on the performance. And obviously, it wasn't like, a win, but there was, it. it was probably the most entertaining game you've watched of Newcastle for a while. Oh, absolutely! Like I was just having a look at the stats from it. It's the first time that we've had more possession than the other team in five years, I think. Wow! Since we were in the championship, <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> so there's that, and we had 23 shots, and we've never had almost double figures. So, <laughs> go on, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, so for me, the whole emphasis of change, like I said, when I was last on here, we were absolutely rinsing Joe Linton's work rate. And he got man the match, like <laughs> from a lot of like Newcastle plaudits who were rinsing him beforehand. So for me, I think, like we were mentioning, the boost from a new manager coming in, we've gone from a manager who gives you two days of work and gives you the rest of the week off to a guy who's worked this in 10 days yeah it's obvious that our defence needs a hell of a lot of work yeah but does that concern you though with his record at Bournemouth because even when Bournemouth Mm. were playing well they were still conceding a lot of goals but then you also have a look like we just mentioned in regards to Brighton and Leicester the amount of money that was available for him at Bournemouth but he had an absolute coup when he got Nathan Ake in yeah and like I said, say no for Naki, he'll be at Newcastle. I, yeah. Josh King, you know. <laughs> Josh King. Get the band. Get, get, get Bournemouth back together. Well, he's, already, <laughs> he's already got Matt Ritchie, yeah. Callum Wilson, Ryan Fraser. Ryan Fraser. Fraser. So why not bring the other guys <laughs> in as well? Get Begovic in. Oh, Begovic. <laughs> what a hairline. <laughs> but um, yeah, for me, like he's just completely changed it. And another one that we mentioned with Shelby and how poor he was. Yeah, he had a very good game. Very he? good game. And one of the ones, the stats that I brought up with, he had the, he created five chances and only Ward, Prowse and Stuart Dallas could match it across the other teams in the Premier League. And like we were saying, how bad he was for five, 10, 15 minutes when he came on and got sub, uh, sent off. Yeah. 
Times must have been tough when you're getting excited over a three-all draw with Brentford. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, this I is a real indictment into a Newcastle fan's <laughs> mind, isn't it? This is into the mindset. But as how much I've been banging on to the drum of saying how bad it was for yeah, you yeah. for us beforehand, and I don't think. And this wasn't just like I mean a little bit like Solskjaer, really. It's been, this has been years. Yeah. Like I said I think you've well, started yeah, I mean, to you've get gone through a lot longer than exactly, and I think you've started to get to that point now where we were with. Bruce, but I yeah. kind of prolonged it yeah, with Bruce, yeah. and you kind of realise like how bad it was. Mm. You never know how bad it is until you get something better, something better come along. And like I know it was cheesy and whatnot, but when I was sending Chris the videos of him just having a <laughs> press conference, honestly, it was his first press conference, his first training session. I was, I was just, I couldn't believe what I was watching. It's not a guy with his hands down his trousers just watching <laughs> other guys do the coaching. It's him, he's running with the guys. He's saying, "Right, you got to do this. You got to do that." I actually found it really interesting watching that because yeah. when you know at our level that we play at, when you see the coaching, you know, you 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 in your mind you almost perceive it as being for that level. Mm. But actually, then when you watch that video and you hear the sort of things that Eddie Howe is saying, mm. it actually no, actually he's not it makes sense. <laughs> well, not only that, but he's actually saying things that. I would say to our guys when we coach, yeah. obviously it's a far different level. You're working with far better players, obviously, but clearly the principles of what they coach, mm. at, even at the top level, are still the same, even at um, yeah, compared to us. Through. He's yeah. up late at night watching YouTube videos as well. Yeah, <laughs> SoccerDrills.com. That's where I get one from. <laughs> if it works, then I'm happy. <laughs> Keep doing it. Keep doing it. So, I mean, this was obviously a Brentford side that have been on the slide. Um, it was a, it was a wonderful game. I mean. Again, you probably wouldn't have got very good odds on even Ivan Tony scoring against against you, would you? Um, that one was almost written. That one was yeah. almost written in the stars. Um, I mean, it's seventy five seconds after mm-hmm. you got your equaliser. I think. Yeah, um, it was very quick. Yeah. That's that's the sort of thing that Eddie Howe's got to kind of iron out quickly. That sort of focus and concentration, yeah. the, the, the defensive solidarity. Uh, I feel with the goals that we conceded, you got one which was a deflection which was going miles wide. Then the other two I would put down to a goalie goalkeeping error. I said, especially Ivan Tony's one, he's hit it straight at mm. him and he's almost Scott Carson did past him. And now that we've got Dubravka back, who, I, sorry, yeah, yeah, who, who I think is above and beyond that, like I think those goals don't go in when he's in the defence and that could be us winning 3-4-0 compared to it being 3-0. Yeah. I was going to say I'm surprised that his sort of first act wasn't to swap the goalkeepers over mm. and go back to Dubravka but he stuck with Darlow. It's hard I feel because a lot of the team he did keep but he changed the formation of mm. it but in a way it's kind of played in his hand because it's justified now because it's quite a big thing I feel like if you swap any member of the spine of your team yeah. it's quite a statement whereas now he's obviously made those errors he can say look made a couple of mistakes I'm going to bring him in and plus he, he's been injured recently Dubravka so that would have been his first game back in for a long since the World Cup where he got uh, the Euro sorry when he got injured mm. so it makes sense he's been in international duty so he's picked up a couple of games now he can come back and play in the Prem yeah I mean I guess the, the overall the overriding sort of uh, story here is that there is still a zero in the win column for Newcastle oh, yeah. uh, the only team in the Premier League yet to register one now owing to Dan's stat that he mentioned at the start of the show yeah. the longer this goes on the harder it becomes and the stats oh, prove yeah. that you know despite the fact that I wouldn't say you know this is clearly nowhere near done and dusted as Norwich are currently proving 
Um, the longer this goes on without a win, you know, you get Arsenal next if you don't get a win there. Yeah. You know, you, all of a sudden you're getting close getting to halfway through, halfway the, through season. the season and yeah. you're beginning to find yourself cut adrift. So right now I'm sure you're full of the joys of spring because Eddie Howe's come in. You can see the positive changes. You can see the, yeah. the re- reaction from the players. has been a positive one. So clearly you're not going to be worried now. But at what point do you suddenly think, actually, do you know what? Screw, screw the football. We need to get some points on the board. Well, yeah. There's a part of me that's already there because, like you say, you, when you look at your bottom of the league, it's not great. However, there's been teams, and like I said, when Dan brings the stat out, that have been in worse positions and further down the line than where we are now and still survived. Yeah. We're five points adrift, I think, at the minute. And for me, it's one game. He's had one game. You've got to be able to give him at least... Oh, absolutely. And like I said... As I've mentioned to you, like when you said, when I've mentioned like, oh yeah, we'll just do this, we'll do that, and we'll be up the league, it'll be fine. But you have a few games go your way, and like I said, then you're looking up the table. Like I said, we've got Arsenal next, but then in between that, we've also got Norwich and Burnley. Mm-hmm. So if you think, if we're five points adrift and results go our way, I said, if we, I don't know, if we manage to get four points out there, then we're one point adrift if mm-hmm. results go yeah. our way. Then you think, yeah, okay, maybe we can start climbing up, but we've got to just make sure that we can do what we can. Yeah. And then if results go our way, even better. If not, we've just got to make sure that we're kind of chipping away against that. And I think once the first win comes in, it's like a striker who hasn't scored for ages. Yeah. Then they get one, like a London bus, you wait for one, and then they all come at once. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think it will be a matter of time, and then we will get a few wins. Because like I said, if this is his improvement from Bruce Ball, to where we are now in 10 days. Like, imagine what he can do in a few run of games, especially with how positive like the atmosphere is at the minute. Yeah. Like, you could see whenever Bruce was manager, it was so negative and that hostility towards him and Mike Ashley obviously played into the, how the team were performing as well because yeah. nobody wants to play in front of people who don't like them. Whereas now, like I said the game at Tottenham and the game here, like the crowd has just been incredible. Yeah. I think having that and the backing that the fans are giving the board and the manager and now the players, I think it's just a positive for it now. Yeah. Um, what do you make of um, of Joe Willock's start to this season? Obviously, he was, mm. you know, a little bit like Lingard in that loan period where he just set the world alight. He yeah. scored a lot of goals for you guys and um, helped you climb away from that relegation battle towards the end of last season. But it just hasn't quite clicked yet has it for, for Joe Willock no uh, and like I said if you're going to be a big signing it's always going to be a bit harder to kind of reach the heights of what you've done before um, and I feel like it's just a bedding in period for Joe at the minute because like I said towards the end of last season where it, we were kind of secure coming into safety towards near the end and you could have that impact because he probably was more so fighting for a another contract with Arsenal then mm-hmm. a move away yeah so he probably had that emphasis of right I've got to show Arteta and Arsenal ball what I can do to secure that move yeah whereas now he's fully embedded into life in Newcastle he has had an injury so it is a case of him getting back into that but I feel like this style of play will suit him better yeah. than it was under Bruce I'm not going to lie that exact point you just made about the sort of wanting to prove himself mm. is one reason why 
I'm a, not that I'm concerned about it because I do think it'll be a good play. But if Lingard does come back to West Ham on the cheap in January, yep. that mindset of right, it's no longer about proving to Man United because I'm not associated with them anymore. Yeah. Can he? get himself fired up enough like he did before to produce the same sort of performances mm-hmm. now with respect we're obviously flying on a result of the weekend was crap but we've been really really good so hopefully he can come into that atmosphere and, and kind of kick on again but you're absolutely right when when a player's got something to prove and he's got something to really aim for and say right if I can do this this and this I reckon I can go back and get myself another contract yeah. at Arsenal whereas now it's, it's a different completely different kind of mentality yeah uh, and, and focus and the best like example from a Newcastle perspective we had um, I'm not sure if you remember it was the time that Rafa brought us up and we had Kennedy on loan <laughs> yeah. from Chelsea it, towards the end of that season he scored like five goals five assists and we were like is a player yeah then we signed him on loan again the following season and the first game that we had against Cardiff he had an absolute stinker of a game. <laughs> Didn't he like, miss a penalty as well? And that's it. He had an absolute stinker. It was nil-nil and he had the 95th minute penalty to win <laughs> the game and it was the worst penalty. <laughs> I, was, I was on honeymoon at the time. This is why I remember it. And Lauren sat next to me going, why are you watching the football on our honeymoon? Like, it's Newcastle. <laughs> so I remember watching it on my phone and thinking, right, we've had a crap game but if he scores here, it's all forgiven. And he fluffed it. It was the worst thing ever. And I just had a bad day for the rest of the honeymoon <laughs> that day. And it was just like, oh. but yeah. And like you say, I think where his objectives and his, what he was aiming for has changed now. Yeah. I think it will be better going forward. Like I said, I think Eddie Howe's got a few players that he's building this team around that he wants now. Like, St. Maximin, who was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Joe Linton, who looked a different player. Callum Wilson, who he's worked with before. Joe Willock. And then I think with Depravka back in goal, that's a solid core lot of players to build your team around. Mm-hmm. And as I said to you, if we get a few wins and we start coming a little bit closer to getting out of the relegation zone, January comes and then you get that fresh player impetus as well, where mm-hmm. I think we will get some better known names as well where we've yeah. got the money to do that. You, you, it's going to be really interesting January actually because obviously there's been so much talk about who Newcastle are going for, who already they're being linked with, yeah. people that apparently are turning down already. We literally have no idea what we, what and who Newcastle are going to spend their money on. Yeah. Um, and it's going to make or break their season. It's, you know, and like you say, that's where that, in, like the whole point of like deadline day is going to be so like important for every us. new every single Newcastle fan in the entire country is pulling a sickie on deadline day oh, just, to, just to watch and see who they signed I, I recently I just looked online and one of the other names that we've just been linked with today is Luka Modric I mean players at the back end of their career it's possible it's very possible well like I said he's that type of player who like we were saying how Shelby's changed his yeah style now like not his style but the way he's actually running towards the ball he's pinging those passes that he's known for and you have somebody who's a Champions League winner. Mm. Did, he, did he win the Ballon d'Or? Or he won he, like FIFA best player? He won, he won the best player at the World yeah, Cup, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. So, and you've got a guy who's been there in that sort of level. Yeah. Similar to how I think Ronaldo like goes at a club and feels like they should everybody should raise their level. If we can get a few players like that, like an Aaron Ramsey as well, yeah, I think that would be a great If you want buy. a future Ballon d'Or defender, Phil Jones is available. <laughs> so he's probably better than the ones that we've got at the minute, like some of our defence. Mm. But yeah, it, I think it's more looking up than down at yeah. the minute. Mm. But it will be even more so when... 
because that's what it is. It will be when we get our first win. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I mean, and for Brentford, just quickly then, I mean, they're obviously they're sliding down the table a little bit. Um, they're now just four points above the relegation zone. Um, wasn't that long ago that we were talking them up about how sort of solid they were, how well they were performing. And it's, you know, again, just another example of how quickly football can turn. We are four or five weeks later and Brentford are suddenly down in the lower echelons of the league and are now probably nervously looking over their shoulder, wondering that, you know, are we now in, in this area of the league now for the rest of the season mm. and fighting relegation? So do we think that they're, you know, the bubble has burst with them now? Yeah, I think... Reality is catching up a bit um, without sounding a bit harsh. Like, I've had some injury issues, it's worth noting. Yeah, yeah, they have. But I think they were riding on a high and they were playing very well. But um, yeah, they are obviously starting to slip in form. Yeah, and then they obviously did have a favourable fixture Mm. run at the start of the season. And sooner or later, they're going to have to start playing. bigger and better teams so uh, Thomas Frank will be obviously pleased about the three goals but he mentioned afterwards that he's you know you score three goals away from home you expect to win the game and I think defensively if that solidarity that we saw early in the season starts to disappear and I looked at their recent results and they are beginning to concede more goals Mm. um, you know well they conceded three against Liverpool as well yeah three against Liverpool I think they didn't they concede because he had two in their last few games as well mm. uh, on, on a few occasions. So, yeah, it'd be worrying for, for if you're a Brentford fan. I mean, they'll be loving the experience of being in the Premier League. There's no doubt. Yeah. Um, the, the you know the atmosphere under the lights at the uh, Brentford Community Centre will be amazing. I think they're good um, enough to stay up still. 100%. Um, you know, ironically, if Dean Smith can maintain the Norwich's little upturn in form here, you know, the, the bottom three could be one of any mm. of about six or seven teams right That's now. That's what we were saying earlier, wasn't it? Like, the amount of teams that could be down there, like I said, you've got Burnley, Norwich, Villa, Leeds, Leeds now. Watford. We've talked about mm. Brentford as well. Watford. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's a number of teams that can, instead of it being like that top lot of teams, the bottom lot of teams mm. in the middle, yeah. it's starting to merge a little bit yeah. more, I yeah. feel now. Yeah, I mean, well, Watford, after beating us, are only four points behind us. Now. I couldn't yeah. believe that, you know, because they, mm. they won their last two games in a row, haven't yeah. they? I didn't realise just how because if they'd have um, that's how quickly this yeah, league can yeah. change though yeah um, it's I think I'm trying to think I had a, a stat here somewhere but I can't remember, <laughs> can't remember. Oh, it was Villa the stat was about that Villa you know would only have been one point above the relegation zone had they have not won that game mm. um, and again we know Villa have been poor recently but I didn't realise just how low down they were and it's the same with Watford you know they've picked up some wins recently they've yeah. smashed Everton they've beaten United um, but actually, their their plight was a bit worse than we originally thought. So, uh, let's um, let's move on to Norwich quickly. Then a, a great home win against Southampton. Southampton continue to kind of flatter to deceive. Still not scoring enough goals. Another really, team another team. Yeah, yeah, using that in that relegation battle potentially. Um, we talked last week, didn't we, about the importance of this game? Um, and I think they've got you coming up, haven't they? Is it week after next? So we got. Arsenal, then Norwich. Yeah. So, I mean, that game is is huge. Relegation so, six points. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Don't, you know, it's t- that time of the year and you start bringing out that phrase. Yeah. Um, Man United's, uh, when's your relegation six-pointer coming up? Every just game now. We <laughs> just lost one. <laughs> so, I mean, Norwich have got Wolves next, who are actually going about their business. They're the third best form team in the Premier League at the moment, um, mm. based on the last six games. Um so which makes me feel a little bit better about the West Ham result but actually I didn't I didn't, genuinely didn't think they were sort of playing as well as they are getting results as well as they really are really slow start and over the last sort of six, seven games they've I think they've 
been winning almost every game. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, that's sort of two back-to-back wins now. And all of a sudden, you know, they went from a team that had no wins now having two, and they're now only um, three points off of getting out of the drop zone. So... It did make me laugh when Southampton went 1-0 up. They were singing Sacked in the Morning to Dean Smith. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I still find that... I mean, what do you think of the Dean Smith? I mean, we talked about it last time. What do you think of Dean Smith going to Norwich? Were you surprised by that? Yeah, but... Same as we've said with the other manager jobs, who who else would have taken it? Yeah. Who else would have taken it? So I mean, from think, Norwich's point of view, I think it's a very good appointment. Oh, yeah. I was more surprised that Dean Smith himself wanted to go straight back in. Yeah, because, like, I mean, how long did he been at Villa? Like three, four years? Yeah, to not want any... I mean, he had a break of, what, mm. a week, yeah. if that? But if he probably thought that he had more to give at Villa, he probably wouldn't want to have a break. Mm, so being true. able to maybe even have that as, at the back of your head, I know he's got a lot of strong ties with Villa but even at the back of his head being like I can show you what I can still do yeah I know they've obviously got Gerard in and there's a bit of a mixed feeling with some of the fans with him but I like Dean Smith I think he's I think yeah I think he's, I think he's a good solid appointment I guess at least he's gone straight back into another Premier League job isn't that to drop down to the Championship yeah and I, do, I do feel like with Dean Smith's if, well not yet anyway. yeah, albeit limited Premier League experience I feel like he's his tactics are better suited to potentially keeping Norwich in the league than Daniel mm. Farker's were. Yeah, mm. uh, Daniel Farker looked like a fish out of water in the Premier League, frankly. Um, yeah. Despite the fact it was harsh to sack him after their first win, I think I still don't think it was the wrong move because I don't think that that would necessarily would have indicated a sudden upshot in form for Norwich. Um, so and then Villa as well getting a much needed win um, after a, a string of five defeats under Dean Smith which obviously saw him lose his job um, great goal from Wally Watkins and he'll be a, a big mm. player for mm. Gerard to get back on side and get back playing again oh yeah I think having like I said when he was at Rangers he did have a good shot I can't remember it was Morales. Morales Morales yeah That's a feisty character shall we say yeah kind of like a Eric Cantonoff yeah, type figure isn't it a bit naughty yeah but um, yeah have Ollie Watkins who is solid all-rounder mm. I think having him being able to lead the line and then you've got Danny Ings as well to come back well I, I mean interesting you say about Danny Ings um, one thing that will will please a lot of people in the in the Villa camp in that Gerard seemingly is not one to shy away from taking the big names off because he oh, took yeah. off Emmy Buendia and Danny Ings in that game to bring on I think it was Leon Bailey was one of them I don't know mm. who the other one who came on was but that change actually changed the game because it was Leon Bailey mm who sparked a real upshot in, in confidence and performance in their Cause, game. Yeah, because I, I thought the first part of the game was a bit boring. Yeah, it was. Right? Mm. And like I said, being able to make those changes to make an impact is obviously what they brought him in to do. Because mm. like I said, if they didn't work out, that would have been a criticism of him as well. Yeah. So. Meanwhile, you see what happened to Rangers at the weekend? Yeah, <laughs> no. Dick 3-1 by Hibernian no, in the semi-final of the cup <laughs> so yeah Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is now their manager so it'll be yeah, interesting to see uh, see how he gets on there um, just touching on Brighton quickly we touched about the no wins in six now they have played a couple of um, higher you know they played City they played Liverpool they played Arsenal so they've had some tricky games in there they were obviously at one point up in the top echelons of the league we knew they weren't going to stay there forever Um but they want to be careful here because yes, they're playing the top teams, but we all know what constantly, you know, not winning does to your confidence, even when you then play the teams that you expected to beat. So they want to be careful here because, you know, you look at what happened to Brentford, you know, a few more games of this and all of a sudden they're going to be looking over their shoulders again. Yeah. 
So, do, you know, where do we think Brighton are? Do we see them slipping back down into a relegation battle or do you think that they're going to come through this? Yeah, I think they'll come through it. I, I, I think they will, but it's, it's a weird one because, like you said, they haven't really come back down at, to that point, I don't think, at the minute. Like with Graham Potter, I think he's a very good coach. Yeah, last win 19th of September against but, Leicester. And that's the thing, like, mm. with us, especially, Especially like now we've got a new manager, we've got that impetus to push up now and get the win. What is it now like where it's kind of in that point where it's a bit in limbo? Like, do Brian change it slightly and try and be a bit more counter attacking, mm. or do they carry on with the football side of things? I'm surprised that I mean, Potter doesn't seem to have huge amounts of faith in Neil Morpé because he was on the bench again at the yeah, weekend. Yeah, he's dropped him. He's been playing uh, Trossard as their like num- their number nine, so. Which is interesting because Morpay at one point was linked with a move away. Mm. Um, so whether that's messed with his head and that's, you know, Morpay's gone off the ball as a result of that, I don't know. Well, it's something that Brighton have been lacking is goal scoring. Um, I feel like that is something they need to, because they were linked with Edouard before he went to Palace. Yeah. Um, and for 15 million, I think they should have snapped that off of Celtic Sands. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it will be interesting to see. I don't want to see Brighton slow the way back down because I feel like that would be... Uh, it would be a fair reflection on the job that Graham Potter's done because mm. everyone would be looking at, oh yeah, he's not such a good manager after all. Um, so that would be a shame. But uh, at the end of the day, it's you know you got you got to back these performances yeah. up with wins, and otherwise yeah. they'll go back to what they were last season, which is a great team who are well organised but just don't score goals yeah. and don't win games. Yeah. Um, so right, uh, let's move on then. Apologies, we're not going to talk about the Burnley game, but I did want to shout out Maxwell Cornet's goal. Um, which levelled things up. What a strike that was. Mm. Um, Umbro have got a real good signing on their ends, haven't they? <laughs> he's really annoying. He's one of those players where I really want to put him in my FPL team because he's scored like every game he's played, I think. But yeah. I know as soon as I put him in, he'll stop scoring. <laughs> but if you can, for a Newcastle perspective, that'll be great. So if you can put him in so he doesn't score. <laughs> uh, and also, obviously, Antonio Conte getting his first win at Spurs. Rather mm. scrappy win, shall we say. It's a bit boring, isn't it? It wasn't a great game, <laughs> no. was it? Um, still question marks remain over Kane um, what, have, what have we made you know he's what do we make of his performance you know he had seven goals in two games okay yes we all we all know the quality of the opposition but at the very least he was he's scoring goals and you thought as a striker who hasn't scored many goals for, for Spurs you would have thought that he could carry some of that confidence mm. boost across and he had one or two good chances in this game one certainly that I can remember is where he just sort of took just a little bit too long to get the shot away mm. and allowed Meslier to come out and close the angle there it was a very good save but he should carry that confidence through but he's probably feeling mad pressure as well <laughs> you know like what Timo was like last year for Chelsea last yeah. season and everyone was just like, when's he going to get his goal? When's he yeah. going to start scoring? Everyone's kind of just looking at him. That's what people are like. And I think maybe he thought that people would relinquish that a bit with him doing well for England. Mm. But if anything, everyone was looking at him in that game to be, everyone probably put them in the, his fa- their fancy leagues and everything because they were like, he's ever going to get back on track. I know. Tip. <laughs> if, if he's ever going to get back on track, it'd be now, but... Yeah. When he scores, he's going to be cupping it. Yeah, he's definitely going to get a goal against like a League Two in the FA Cup. But uh, I mean, he just, he just looked really tired the whole game. Did you watch the game? I saw most of it, yeah. There's a bit where Spurs countered and there were three of them going, in or going up and Kane had the ball and there were only two Leeds defenders and he took the biggest touch that just went straight to the centre-back and yeah. he almost just fell on the floor when he took it. Yeah, there was a couple of times where he um, where the ball was coming into him and 
you know, Kane is very good at times of actually protecting the ball. He's mm. actually a stronger striker than I think a lot of people give him credit for. But there was a couple of times where the ball came into him. And even though he managed to hold it up and then lay it off to someone, it still just looked like it wasn't the full, yeah. fully fit uh, mm. Harry Kane. And there was one moment actually where he, this is the second chance I was talking about, where he almost rolled, uh, I think it was Liam Cooper. Yeah. He, he got really tight to him and Kane moved it the other way and got around it. If, if Kane had done that and put that in, I think mm. front gate's open because yeah. that would have been classic Harry Kane. He just Kane. managed to get a toe on it. Yeah, but he, yeah, he just got a bit scrappy and he couldn't kind of dig it out. Um, but I mean, you know, wins a win for Conte. He'll be pleased to get off the, get off the mark, even though it was a not a great performance all round. Really, mm-hmm. um, they still up until half time hadn't had a shot on target for something like six or seven six halves, halves worth of football, yeah. or something silly like that, which is an un- incredible statistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, Raguy on with the goal. But Dan James getting on the old score sheet for Leeds. How mm-hmm. pleased were you for him, Dan? Or did you not care? <laughs> I couldn't get <laughs> <laughs> So, but no. Right, let's uh, let's move on then. Uh, we will head back to Dan's stat. Dan the stat, man! So, in a 38-game Premier League season, three of the four sides who failed to win any of their first 12 games of a season have gone on to be relegated. Um, so, you reckon you know the one team that stayed out? I'm pretty sure I do, yeah. Do you want to say it? I thought, I thought, I thought you were going to say West Brom. No, oh. I was going to say Derby. Yeah, it was Derby yeah. in the 2000-2001 season. Um, and the three teams that got relegated from this position? Are we talking recent? I know I ask this question every week. But... Uh, so one was 2004-2005 to 2005, okay. and the other two were 2012-2013, to 2013, both in the same both season. Both in the same year? 2012-2013. Oh, sorry, no, that's a lie. Let me start again. 2004 to 2005, 2012 to 2013. Right. And one very recent, if I tell you, it would be pretty obvious. Sunderland? Nope. Is the very recent one like last season? Because yeah. if it is, okay, Sheffield United yeah. then. Okay. <laughs> 2012, 2013. Yeah. It's not West Ham, is it? Because was that the year we got relegated? Mm, it's not West Ham. Okay. So it's not West Brom. It's not West Brom. I'm trying to think of teams who are up and down. Fulham? Nope. Norwich? Yep. In 2004, 2005, it was Norwich. Oh, okay. I wasn't, I wasn't, I was actually guessing that for the, for the 2012 one, but I'll take it. Uh, yeah, and 2012, 2013, last guess each. Uh, I will go with Pompey. No. I struggled to think it was in the Prem at that point. Trying to think of teams who maybe weren't then and maybe just sort of like now solidified themselves like a Wigan or someone like that, but I don't think it is Wigan. What if I said the famous Aguero? Oh, QPR. QPR. Ah, okay. Aguero. (laughs) Real sad news about him, actually, isn't it? Have you heard the news? Going to have to retire. Mm. I mean, the only thing I said to Dan in the gym yesterday was that it's good that he's retiring at 35 or whatever he is having had the career he's had and oh, not doing it 10 yeah. years ago when he was in his prime yeah. and at least nothing's happened to him yeah like Eric's well. exactly yeah. Yeah. side note can I just say how much Chris has slid in that you went to the gym yesterday how, how many times can we have like a count at the end how many times it's come in well it's probably the number of times I've mentioned it today will probably trump the number of times I go to the gym in the next two weeks so yeah. hey that's not the spirit well my arms are fucking ruined today. <laughs> I was struggling picking Seb up when we went to Lapland earlier right let's finish the show off with this then 
back to football with Fran. So Chris, you're in the lead. I am. 7-6. Dan, you are starting this one. Mm. So, <laughs> how are you feeling about that? Yeah, it's not my niche, this... Uh... What, Pete? Pete's, Pete's yeah, choice. Yeah, especially not my niche when Pete does the players. <laughs> Yeah, I've just been. Really you say it wasn't your niche. You beat me last night. You made me do it. You made me fucking Carolina Reapers. <laughs> yeah, not through this game though. It was a different type of quiz, was it? That's true. It was. That was the first quiz, wasn't it? You're right. First quiz, yeah. Um. So how do you pronounce that name? Because that's what it is. Brad Friedel. Brad Friedel. Oh. He has played for seventeen. Make that sixteen. <laughs> what he didn't have appearances for. <laughs> <laughs> Three. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> Three's like the, the lucky side. Uh, I'm fairly confident you'll be able to do three, so I'm going to have to say four. Okay, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> could you do? Could you have done yeah. three? Okay. Uh, right, so the three uh, we Blackburn, mm-hmm. Spurs, mm-hmm. and Villa. Mm-hmm. That were my three. Mm-hmm. I feel like he went. He had another team in England. Uh, so I've got one more in England in mind. Um, I don't like that because I don't know if you'll throw me off <laughs> <laughs> and one in Japan if you know that one in Japan <laughs> I was going to say um, another English team I will go with Watford no so I was thinking Everton you'd have been wrong as well oh, but closer God. Liverpool uh, really yeah so and started, then Columbus crew before that and then MLS. Gala Tassarai. Galatasaray. He went to Galatasaray as well. How many appearances did he make for Liverpool? Was he like... 25. Okay, so he's had a few of his career. Yeah. Hmm. I, I if he had hair back then. <laughs> I doubt it. I think he was, he's been bald from the day he was born. <laughs> uh, right. Dan, well done. Lovely. Lovely. <laughs> Chris. David Bat... Is it Batty? David Batty. Oh, my word. What a legend. Four teams. So... I feel like Dan's going to struggle on this one. Yeah. Do you know who he is? I don't even know who he is. So <laughs> Actually, tell a lie three teams. So you're you're joking. You no. don't know who he is. I can probably do... I think that's why Pete picks him. <laughs> There's not actually a picture of him on Wikipedia. Yeah, I would say he's more well-known to at least get a picture. Well, clearly he's not a very private day. guy. Yeah. Um, is he an LMA? <laughs> no. Oh. It wouldn't have been not long... Oh, actually, I don't know what it would have been. What year? 2007. Right. Can we get a move yeah, on here, please? Is he before that? Yeah. I'm going to say, I can do, two. I'm pretty sure I can do two. He played it till 2004. Yeah, so, so three years so before. So you can do two of the three. I think I'm pretty sure I can do two of the three, okay. yeah. Well, you can do zero, so. <laughs> Actually, you're not going to go three, no. <laughs> uh, Leeds. Yeah. And Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one was Blackburn. It was still 2004. Uh, it was. <laughs> you were 12. No, you were 10. Yeah, I can't say I was paying Yeah, you would have been into much. football then, trust me. Yeah, I'm not remembering players like David Batty. That's um, disgraceful. <laughs> <laughs> would you have been able to do all three? Yeah. Would you? All three? Yeah. Oh, any player that plays for Newcastle is... Well, <laughs> Take a vested interest in. Oh, absolutely. You're probably not going to enjoy this one then either. Cushy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make it a bit easier in the next few weeks. I'll do them, so to speak. Uh, Les Ferdinand. 11... <sighs> 11. There's a, there's a theme emerging here. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
the legends. Eleven. Harder because yeah. he sent me loads and I've pretty much done all of them. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Are you keeping track now of like the pages we've done? Yeah, I've got I've got all the more from the first season as well. Oh cool, okay. This is all like the ones I just haven't really done. Like we're getting to the dregs. Now. <laughs> so if, if one Hence you, why David Batty's coming out. If one of you could win <laughs> so that we could uh get do another game. Eleven, so eleven. Four. I think I could probably do five. Yeah, I don't think I can do six. All right, Chris, go on Okay. Uh, West Ham. Yeah. Newcastle. Yeah. Spurs. Yeah. QPR. Yeah. How many is that? Four. That's mm-hmm. four. Five more. <laughs> <laughs> um, I should know that. I'm almost certain there's been more Premier League teams that he's played for. Um, you want to phone a friend? Right, come on. Oh, this is really annoying. Five seconds. We need a countdown clock. Four, three. Rangers. That's a shout. I'll be annoyed if they get to that. Did you not always say QPR? You said QPR. Said, yeah, yeah, but Rangers, Rangers are separate. Rangers. Oh, sorry, no. Okay. Sunderland? No. Um, no. They're not Sunderland. Sub, uh, Did he play for Leicester? H- Hayes, yeah. Oh, fuck QPR, Leicester. Brentford. Best, what's that? Bessie. Yeah. Newcastle, Spurs, West Ham, Leicester, Bolton, Wanderers. Bolton. Reading. And then he was signed at Watford, but he didn't actually make any difference. What a legend. I would have missed that. I thought so I could have sworn he played for Sunderland. So, 2-1. Yeah, luckily. Not, uh, I can't really Chris, claim yeah. too much David. credit to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Ginola? David Ginola. David Ginola. Mm. How many clubs? Although, let me check my math. <laughs> but let's work with eight. Quick maths. <laughs> yes, and there's no repeat, so let's go with eight. Three. <laughs> That's a very deliberate three as well. Mm. That's like the safe number, isn't it? Uh... Is it a confident three? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like I could do three. Can I do four? Let me be a guess. I don't think I could. Uh, mm. <laughs> Dan, no, I'll let on. you. I'll yeah, let me do, do it. Three. Uh, so my three are Spurs, Newcastle, hold on. yeah, and Aston Villa. Yeah. yeah. And then I think the reason I said three was because they were the three Premier League. I'm pretty sure yeah, everything yeah. else was abroad. I was that's what I was thinking. I was going to just try and round them. I've been able to guess two one. more. Other than he just popped in Everton at the end. Yeah, ah. was it PSG and PSG. Yeah, I would have. That would have been my French guess, yeah. PSG. But I didn't want to risk a fourth job. I knew the three English ones. Yeah, yeah. I just thought I was going to go four and just randomly name a foreign club. But I thought, well, well done. You were bluffing. Is it sudden death? Sudden or? death. We haven't had one of these in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, Fabian Delph, only four teams. Oh, that's naughty. I was going to say two and... No, I know three. I'm trying to think who the fourth is. Do you know the fourth? Right, well, come on. Three. Son of a bitch. I can't think who the fourth is. It's got to be someone on the I'm going to have to try four because the three are so obvious. Go on then. Um... Villa, yeah. City, yeah. Everton. Yeah. Was he at Leeds? 
Yeah. He was, isn't oh. it? Oh. <laughs> Pulled it out. I can't believe it. <laughs> what, Unbelievable. Permanent or online? Permanent. And then online. When was that? Before or after? Jesus. Oh, it's his first club. Oh, damn. I've pulled it out. Oh. I just, oh. That was the only one. I just didn't know that fourth one. What, was that a guess or you knew? It, it was an educate. Like, I, I wondered if he was from that same kind of crop as like Ashley Young and Milner and all that lot. I won't worry, I'll do it next week. The easy players. Ashley won one that leads. No, you're right. He was at Villa, wasn't he? Sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> that <Watford>. logic. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got the right answer. Don't matter, don't matter how I got there, mate. I can't well, that. I mean, that takes me two, within two of victory now, mate. Mm. Within two of a forfeit. I'm not going to get too excited because I've... Yeah, uh, I'll I'll just in case. You were too ahead before when I caught up. <laughs> yeah, so... Well, I technically won, didn't I? But I'm stupidly... The, the recording fucked up, didn't it? No, I mean, on this quiz, you were oh, too I ahead see. and then I got too bad. Exactly. So a long way to go. Right, well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Josh, thank you for your uh, participation, as always. I'm sure it won't be uh, long before we have you back on again. Um, and we will see everyone next week. See you soon. Bye. Bye.